0: Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network.
1: What is up? My fellow actors? Ralph Sutton, the SDR Show. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, stop right now. Go listen to last week's episode. Did it? Okay, good. So now we have Rob Halford on. The Metal God himself. Great new book called Confess. Love this man so much. And if you listened to last week like you should have, this is a very good part two of the, uh, what we call it, the drama of SDR this week? Is that a fair way to put it, it's Jen?
2: Definitely a payoff. It's yeah. worth it to, watch, to listen to last week and then listen to all of this week.
1: Yeah, I guarantee you it is worth it. Uh, we love Rob Halford, Judas Priest, one of the legendary metal bands of all time, big, big fan for years. We do the show live every Wednesday, every Saturday. You could go to gasdigitalnetwork.com slash live to watch us live every Wednesday, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, or you could subscribe there Using the code SDR, you get 20% off the whole network and you get the shows first, you get them commercial free, you get them in HD and access to the whole catalog on demand and 20 other shows like Shannon Show. The thing is, I'm not saying it. And, uh, and she's muted, so she can't say it. Um, so <laughs> you just right now, this, is, this was just such a great payoff. I don't even need to sell it anymore. Just listen to it right now. I promise you, Josh Adam Myers comes back to finish off the story. Rob Halford is here. Big J is here. Shannon, of course, is here. And much to most people's dismay, I am here also. It is the Rob Halford episode of The SDR Show.
0: This is the intro to The Shit Show.
1: sex drugs and rock and roll show i am ralph sutton with me mr big j okerson how are you sir hey buddy back for a second week in a row josh adam Myers. thank you sir how are you i'm great so happy to be here and of course shannon's here with us as well and now i mean there's no other way to describe it but it's funny i i was thinking about this one time i described it this way i introduced you and said when you think of metal gods first you think of me obviously and then you think of Rob Halford, and you said, "I didn't know there was two of us," and I've never forgot that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, Ralph. <laughs> Honorary metal god. <guard. laughs> Thank you, sir. And it's also
1: seventeen years ago, like around this month or so. I don't know exactly when, but roughly when you went back into Priest and you called in the tour bus, my old radio show, and you gave us the first ID in seventeen years of saying Rob Halford from Judas Priest you hadn't said it again and you remember you very clearly going oh this is the first time i'm saying this and what was crazy is also it was right after i filmed that show queer eye for the straight guy and now just this past week 17 years later i just did a reunion show with them in in la and here i am interviewing you again it's all very full circle
3: (laughs) the circle of life isn't that (laughs) from the lion king Let's I all think, start. Uh, let's all start singing the circle of life. Yeah. Life is great, man. Life is great, no matter what it throws at you. Um, it's definitely not row your boat gently down the stream. Um, so yeah, it, it, that, that's wonderful, Ralph. Those, yeah, those great. are great. It's, things it's to full hear.
1: circle. And I think of like you know, I don't want to make this all about me, but a couple of moments in my life, I forget which album it was. Maybe it was Redeemer of Souls, where you did a listening party. And I got to sit there in the room listening to the record. You all were there. And it was so weird because once you guys moved to the other room, everybody wanted to go talk to you. And I was with that. I can't think of this guy, the producer. Fuck, he's an urban song producer. I can't think of his name right now. But the two of us were the only people left because we wanted, everyone was so excited to talk to you guys. I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to hear this album again for a couple months. I'm going to sit here and listen. It was a really cool moment at that time. But uh, fuck, everything. I read the entire book. And what I really like about it, a couple of things I want to say off the top is, A, realizing how much crazy shit has happened in your life. Forget about just Judas Priest. But when you hear about all these wild things, you wrapped it up nicely at the end where you're like, maybe none of this really happened. I don't even know, but this is what happened in my life. So many things are like, really? That and that? And it all is. And it just, it really was fantastic to read or listen to. I keep saying read, but listen to
3: you know, um, it took forever to get to this moment of, of writing the book, and um, th- there, are t- there are two reasons that pushed me. Um, firstly, it was the, the thought of, inevitably, there's going to be the unauthorized version of, you know, mm-hmm. this guy, Rob Halford, the metal god, and then the great opportunity to work with Ian Gittings because I think when you're working with somebody to put a book together like this, you have to have a very secure open relationship. And because Ian, as it turns out, is literally from my neck of the woods, he walked the same streets as as I did as a kid. That, that brought a lot of comfort to me uh, in being able to really strip everything down to the metal skeleton and, and lay it all out. And, there's three, actually. And thirdly, the fact that I've been clean and sober now for 36 years and, crazy. and live, live as, as, I, as I do, a, a, a more truthful, honest, open life. That has been the other catalyst for me to be able to put everything down, not hold anything back.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, you know, roll roll all that up. And what have you got? You need a title, and it has to be Confess.
1: Yeah, it's a great. It really fits with it all. And then also, it is so full of english euphemisms i guess english term <laughs> I, I had to look up a couple of them i didn't want to tell this i want to know if jay or josh if you know what this word means i actually had to look it up because you used it a couple of times the word skint skint don't Does say what it remember? means yet rob do you know jay or josh because i had to look it up he said me and my uh, me let's say i'm gonna use a horrible me and my lads are we're skint mm, naked
0: <laughs>
3: you know, um, get your mind out
0: of the gutter. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I want to say it's like excuse. out of drugs. No, it's <laughs> So it's it's broke, right? I had to look oh. it up. Right? Yeah. I was so dude. That was same thing.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I had to look it up several times. I'm like, what the fuck does that word actually mean? Because it, it's so it's so you. It's so obvious that you know you're you're this truly English guy, and it was great to have like uh, your voice, and, and it really made you. I think I enjoyed it much more listening to you than I would have read it. It was just such a great—you feel like a real connection. I think it's why podcasts are so popular. Listening to you speak it and putting your emotion to it really made did it great for you me. You got to put a British glossary in the back.
3: <laughs> did we? Did we put one in? We should have. Uh, nope. Like somebody was saying, "What's palava? What is what does palava mean?" Yeah.
1: There, there isn't. Mean? There's, there's, there's song credits and picture credits and stuff, but there's no in the book itself. There's no uh, actually. Uh, you know, but there was a few times where I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And also, you just dropped in the background that I never knew that you both play, you play guitar and other instruments. I never knew that you did that. I've never once in the however many fucking years I have seen
3: you hold a guitar and you just play guitar. I didn't know that. When did that start? I I, I play the guitar really badly now because I, I I use the guitar to write all of the music for the Fight War of Words album, which is crazy. I wrote that album in my bedroom. It seems seems to be the place to write your music. I wrote that music in my in my bedroom in the Phoenix House. I had a little setup in the corner, a little lamp, and a deck, and and uh, a Gibson SG. And I put all the uh, the riffs and the, the, the chord progressions and everything on the guitar. But I haven't picked up the guitar in ages. I you know I'm a horrible guitar player, but I I can I can use it enough to put down an idea
1: right well, that it's still pretty amazing because when you listen to the fight record that first fight record and it's also i like how the full circle of russ being in that first fight inception and then you do a really uh good analogy of steel panther towards the end of the books when they open for you and I, you don't realize things like i knew you always were the lyricists but when you talk about how you know you were the one picking the bands to open for you most of the time you were the one designing the idea for the stage shows it just you are obviously such an artistic guy. It just it really was a, an inspiring book to read. All that it was pretty wild.
3: Yeah, I think I think a lot of musicians are more than being musicians. There's 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 naturally other opportunities that come into your head when you, you you're writing a song and then you're writing an album and you're thinking about the artwork, what it might be, and then are you, how you're going to take that and put it on tour and mm-hmm. not repeat yourself from the last one, and how about this for an idea for a set and this idea for a lighting position, whatever it might be. But everybody chips in, you know. That's the joy about priests It's not just one person. It's everybody um reaching into the heavy metal cauldron and, and pulling out the the great things that we do.
1: Yeah, and you've stayed, which I like. Not only you what do you I forgot how you referred to yourself as, as a Pop Tart at one point, but a few times. No,
3: that was fucking Ian Gittings call me a pop tart. <laughs> and uh I'm you... ready, to go, You're calling me a Pop tart and he goes, Well that's what I call all my friends that are into Pop tart. So <laughs> I was a little bit miffed at that, but then I thought, whatever, we yeah, are a pop tart. But you've stayed like metal also... God, metal God pop tart. Metal
1: God pop tart, but you're also such a fan of metal music, you, which I've known this about you the few times we spoke. You're always looking for bands that you're like, well, that's fucking cool. Like you're, you're not just stick, sticking with what you like. You're always looking for that next band that's going to turn you on.
3: Yeah. And, and I've said from day one, you know, that even though I'm a metal maniac, and always will be, the the blinkers are off because there's so much incredible music in the world and uh, the inspiration can come from any point of view in music. So yeah, I, I love right. it all, man. I, I love all, I just love music in, in every, in every context. I still can't quite grasp rap because I don't know. I just can't, I just can't get it to, uh, the closest I can get to rap is that I'm a fan of Eminem. Mm-hmm. That's um, fine but, but uh, i just can't you know the rest i'm not able to connect with
1: i want to ask you a couple of quick questions about the book Just certain things that that struck me um the paul diano story right does he <laughs> did he not know until the book came out like as you said
3: he was you weren't even sure <laughs> i don't, sure. Did don't you? know he's probably gonna he's probably gonna punch me in the mouth when i see him again well,
1: for everyone listening there's a story about how he basically was at one point, trying to, trying come to come
3: seduce up, him called
1: uh from Iron <laughs> Maiden,
3: and I, the way
1: I just thinking, imagine him reading your book one day and be like, "Wait a minute, I remember that." Because I- <laughs> no, but
3: I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. The gays remember everything, um, <laughs> but uh, but I do. I, I you know I blame the booze. I blame the booze. <laughs> booze makes me. Booze used to make me horny now nothing makes me horny <laughs>
0: nothing
1: or everything at this point Who knows?
0: Was no. there a shitload of rock stars that when you got drunk you started hitting on was who is did you have a crush on one that you were just like oh god every time you saw him you're like jesus
3: um i think paul was the only musician although there have been some more secret ones i'm not going to talk about maybe that'll sure. be confessed to. <laughs> confessed to all right give us something to wait uh for. but um no come on guys I'm going to throw the question at you. I'm going to make you feel really uncomfortable now. I want you to tell me who, when you get drunk, if any of you are drinkers and you get drunk, who makes you horny?
1: Uh, me? I'd see. Who makes me horny when I'm drunk? Uh, pretty your, much
3: mother. Any, I'm your mother. Your any, mother. Any girl <laughs> with a new thing I'm
1: doing, Rob.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ralph says something and I say your mother in an Italian accent. <laughs> I think I'm
1: doing. And then also, uh, the great story, then it'll make Shannon happy. You tell the story at the Limelight, where you should be a DJ at the Limelight years ago, that made you believe in the afterlife, which Shannon's a big believer in ghosts and stuff. And that woman what was named Pearl. Yes. The one who made you believe yes. there's an afterlife.
3: Yes. And, you know, uh, peculiarly, it was attached to a little bit of a um, titillating uh, story that happened to me with one of my... One of my great loves that that uh left the world in a really dramatic way, but when we first met we we were together f- for not long enough. but you know how you give each other little tokens i don't know whether the strike guys ask for panties or <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <Well>, bras <laughs> oh, god uh, <laughs> but Brown's girlfriends don't wear bras yet. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, this beautiful guy, Brad, um, I asked him for a token and he, and he, and he had this unusual pair of, uh, on underwear that had little clasps on the side, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Pearl, uh, a friend of mine has said, there's this girl here and you know, Brad had only been gone a, a few months. She's, she's this great, uh, clairvoyant. And, uh, Something, I, I don't know, I, I think it, you, you might find some comfort in speaking to Pearl. So as soon as I sit down with Pearl, she goes, there's um, somebody really laughing, they has got a great laugh. And I go, yeah, because he had a great laugh. And um, he wants to know if you've still kept the underwear that he gave you, the one, the ones with the clasps on the side. So, you know,
1: that's crazy. It's so specific and wild. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's how can that be? And then he would always play practical jokes with water, like water balloons or water pistols or whatever. She was asking about that. How does this lady who I've never met in my life and I know about this guy, uh, firstly in that kind of intimate way. And then in the the other, the other goofy stuff, how does she know this? She's sitting in a little room at the limelight by herself, and people are coming in and chatting to her, and then she she hits me with all this incredibly powerful information. So that was a real, that was a real game changer for me. Right, that's pretty yeah.
1: wild. That's a wild that's a moment. Point. And then also the things that I, a couple of things I noticed and realized when reading the book is you kind of uh, were mad at yourself. You said with Brad's relationship because you felt that you were acting like a love teen, right? It just was the words you said. But what I don't think you even you know, reading it as a third party. Because it was like one of your first relationships, even though you were older, dating a man, like really dating someone. So it really was your first relationship. So it's not fair to shit on yourself for that when it happened 15 years after when it happened to most people. So that's why you were having those reactions, if that makes any other sense. And then the other thing I noticed in the book is you stopped talking about your insomnia after you came out on MTV. So I think that that might've been part of what, because you, you go to the insomnia a few times in the book, but you don't mention it again after uh, coming out on the MTV uh, interview. And I think maybe that's what was keeping you up at night unless you still have insomnia, I don't know. But that to me, it was interesting in the book that it stopped being a a reference point after that moment.
3: Thank you, Dr. Ralph. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no no there's there's a lot of validation in what you're saying because a lot of this mental stuff that we carry in us is is connected to either a crisis or some other drama that needs to be resolved Mm -hmm. and uh so so that's how it was for me but yeah i didn't have i mean most people have the love thing or they you know from uh, early teens and then you find the one and it's generally in your 20s and it was much, much later on in my life before I got smitten in the truest sense. So, right. yeah, I was a late bloomer in many ways.
1: And then I loved it, by the way. You know, I forgot about this story, but I went to watch it after you know, listening to to the book. It was watching you kick the phone at the <laughs> Shoe's Priest concert. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that, but he's singing, I forget what song it is. He just go up to the fan in the front row and give it a really good kick, and the phone goes fucking flying.
3: He was... We actually shook hands afterwards. There's a little bit that you don't see about, you know, about towards the end of the song, he gets his phone back because it's passed back, you know. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I just reach over and shake hands. And then that's forgotten, forgiven, forgive and forget, which is a great thing to live by, forgive and forget. Um, But, yeah, he, he had his phone. His phone was like this with the light on in front of my face because yes. I was, I forget what song it was. It was a pretty, pretty intense song. I was leaning into the monitors and wailing and I got this fucking light, you know, and he says, it's just there. And, uh, it, I'm, I'm at work. I'm working, dude. I'm working, you know? <laughs> so, uh, something possessed me. The red mist came down, the heavy metal red mist <laughs> came down and I kicked his boot up. It was, a, it, was a, it was something straight out of the world cup. You know, it was very Ronaldo. <laughs> it went fly it was like slow motion because i watched it i watched the i watched the phone go like in slow motion you know 20 rows back
2: is that what is that a moment where you felt immediately like you over like immediate regret for how hard like, but you weren't meaning to kick it that hard almost you were trying it to get like, out of his hand and you were like yeah ah,
3: shit, that it was, was a like loop. you dick I, i'm a dick and you deserved <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs>
1: And you have to know immediately, oh, this is definitely going to be on YouTube. I think it has a million plus views already on YouTube uh, it's a few years ago. But still, you had to know immediately, oh, that's going to get cut and put up on YouTube right away.
3: Well, where's my residuals? <laughs> a million views. Are you kidding me, Ralph? No, it has a million. Close to it. Yeah, something like my that. God God. Put that up. <laughs> Don't get me started on the wild west of YouTube and the way that musicians are all, uh, still at the bottom of the pile when it comes to yeah. being paid what we do. Absolutely. And it's funny. Oh,
1: just, and Josh is also uh, in, in, a, in a band as well. So that's, you can relate to that. But uh, it's funny how just when the world got used to MP3s and to make that business model work, streaming started and fucked up everything again. You have to re realize it.
3: There was a great graphic on Reddit the other day because I'm a bit of a Reddit freak. There's a great graphic going over the decades from, I think he was probably from the 80s, maybe the late 70s. And the graphic had vinyl, cassettes, CDs downloads remember ringtones were a thing for For a while yeah Um, yeah. and it it was a graph and it started like the industry was was in the 20 billion range Mm -hmm. and now it's gone down to between seven and eight billion a year and the way that again when you break down the compensation for musicians it's just it's pitiful man it's pitiful so much of it is from my from my perspective, illegal. I'm just going to go off and have a vent for a second here. No, please. You know, um, Picasso's, Picasso's work doesn't devalue, does it? It increases in value. Oh, no, yeah. So what's all this crap about? You know, you make a CD, and I think when CDs originally came out, some of them were like 20 bucks or Yeah, that was sometimes my, more. My, my other half, Thomas, used to work at Tower Records uh, many, many years ago. They've gone. And people would come in and they'd bitch and man, this is 20 bucks, man. And he would say to them, you're going to have this CD for the rest of your life. You're going to play this music for the rest of your life. It's going to give you pleasure forever. 20 bucks isn't a lot of money, you know. Mm-hmm. And now we've come to this like the nice price and bargain bins and everything. I think it's a real, I think it's a real shitty thing to do to musicians. I think there should be a fixed price and that's it, you know. And don't give me the the pathos about, oh, I can't afford it, man. I know, that's terrible. But as far as, you know, the value of of what uh, musicians are devalued to Mm. these days more than ever, don't even get me started on Spotify. I think it's absolutely criminal and something needs to be done about it. Yeah. Speech finished.
0: <laughs> no, you're 100% right. Uh, Daniel, like the the, the CEO said, uh, for musicians, they need to write more albums if they want to make more money. What? That's oh, bullshit. God. And that's complete that's bullshit because art, that's you really don't force crappy. art. You let it wait. You, you When it comes to you, it comes to you, and then you're inspired and you make it. And so, yeah. That's yeah. really shitty. Yeah. All
1: right. Before we go any further, uh, one of our now, I'm going to say, has traveled into the world of longtime sponsor. It is Yo Kratom, yokratom.com. Very simple. If you like Kratom, this is simple. Go to yokratom.com. Best quality Kratom at the best price. Normally a kilo could be $120, $150, maybe even more. Here it's the $60 Kratom. Wholesale, high quality, direct to you. Yokratom.com. They're also sponsoring not only the whole gas digital network, they're sponsoring Skankfest, super cool dudes, super high quality Kratom. If you don't do Kratom, don't worry about this. Who gives a shit? But if you like Kratom and you're buying it at the fucking gas station or you're buying it at the local bodega where they're probably getting it from some shady dealer, don't do it. Go to your kratom.com. Save money, get better quality. When are you going to get a chance like that? Better quality for a cheaper price? That's that's your kratom. Your kratom.com. Yo! Kratom. The $60 kilo. All right, let's get back into it. I a couple mean, of things you, I, I didn't realize, by the way, Rob, is that um, I didn't realize it was your sister that brought you into Priest. And also, it seemed like it was, at least listening to the book, a relatively easy audition for you, right? It wasn't like it was an arduous thing. It seemed like that happened pretty quickly. Am I right?
3: Yeah, the, the stars were aligned, so to speak. If she, if she hadn't have been dating Ian, uh, our glorious uh, Ian-based God Hill, um, mm-hmm. Things may not have turned out the way that they did, but as it, as it happened, she was dating Ian and the singer at the time. He had to move on uh, because of financial circumstances and wife and kids and everything. Um, so, uh, yeah, she, she said, Hey, my, my brother's a singer. Maybe you should give him a, give him a try, give him an audition. And, uh, and so Ian and, and Ken um, came over to my place and we sat and talked and, you know, we both loved the kind, same kind of music, same kind of musicians. Had a jam a couple of days later. Took my drummer, who was with me at the time in a band called Hiroshima. And um, there you go. Got the gig. Well. Yeah,
1: and your first tour which is crazy was with in america it anyway, was with ario speedwagon and foreigner when you hear that you're like who the fuck put that tour together such a weird fucking yeah,
3: tour yeah, yeah. metal was like this br- the only two metal bands that were two of the states at the time were, were sabbath and mm-hmm. uh and priest yeah we open up for i whenever i see kevin from ario we always talk about that um ario uh, speedwagon fog hat head east molly hatchet 38 special you know we'd go out there and do victim changes and people would like oh, what the hell is this you know but that's the dues you have to pay you know it, right right they're, can they're I, can great say, memories
2: because the interesting thing there because it does bring up kind of because uh, uh, everyone was involved now in that, but that's uh yeah. I we actually met before uh in when we were i was out in los angeles doing the goddamn comedy jam for comedy central where you perform with brewer Yes, uh, you perform at Jim Brewer and yeah. Kevin Cronin was also on that show. I perform at Lucas Rossi doing a song, and the show was Josh. Josh, here it was his show. The guy created it, and he created the show. Great show, Josh. Thanks, Great. man.
0: We, yeah. we do it. Are you in L.A.? Or are you in? Where are you? I'm in Phoenix right now. You're in Phoenix, because oh, yeah. we we when we I mean we do it here in Los Angeles, and when the whole world opens back up, we do it at the Roxy, man. If you ever come out, like, i I would love for you to come out as a surprise guest because that Let's was like. It. Just when you did the show with Jim, I was so intimidated to meet you because it's like you're like such a rock legend to me that I was just like I just I think I like walked up to you, shook your hand, and then like bowed and ran off. Because I mean, you're also six five, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you, Josh, Josh you're just four two. Yeah, yeah, I'm a small man. <laughs> That's for <funny. laughs> tiny. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm barely six feet. I drum a Scott. He's like six six. He's the big boy. Uh, but uh, that was—I remember that—that that was a great show. That was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, a great thank you, time. Buddy. I'll do yeah. I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back when we can uh, get out there in the world again. Yeah, Cheers.
1: I think it segues into the the story a little bit. Do you want to start that? Say some po- can we say positive things before we get into? A- <laughs> <laughs> it was, that, was that not positive? It was all very positive. I know say, it was
2: very positive. But I want to say two things that I always find uh, that I love. Just like you know, you think of your trajectory with the band that you uh, that you love uh judas priest was the first ever when i was a kid and too young to know what it was but you know i got enough ping pong balls in something in a county fair you know the, the county fair but like a carnival in my neighborhood in philly and the first thing i ever got from a carnival prize was that you know when they would make the coke mirrors with the bands and logos on them <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i had a nice judas priest coke mirror and I, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world i didn't know any idea what it was for <laughs> i want that cool mirror that you can't hang on anything and (laughs) only stays face down (laughs) oh that's Um, incredible and the other thing i want to say that i was just found amazing i actually thought i thought i was there for an extremely unique moment in time but i think i've heard that it actually happened several times through your career but i happen to be it i always put as one of my favorite concert moments ever was uh when you were on Ozfest, and i went to the i saw you know, you guys and Black Sabbath both go on uh, in the Jersey, Homedale, Jersey uh, amphitheater. And then when I went down to Philly to watch the show again, I, uh, you, Ozzy didn't show up and you fronted Black Sabbath for the whole show. And I believe you, you were, it was your birthday. You gave such like, a nice sweet thing about, cause everybody had the first like, uh, you know, they're like, they were so upset Ozzy wasn't there. And then they goes, but Rob Halford's going to come out and, and front the band for me tonight and you came out there and the crowd was still kind of like Ozzy and then you went you went everyone goes this is such a kick for me to work with uh Black Sabbath night. and it's my birthday and even Philadelphia's angry asses they had to go <laughs> yeah all right this is pretty cool <laughs> and it was an amazing it was amazing it was so uh such a cool thing to see but I, I, that wasn't the only time that ever happened right you
1: uh, talked about it in detail in the book about yeah, how you know. seem to be certain it's funny because he did um he sang for Ozzy on the farewell tour in. 91 or whatever year that was and then he did it again 100 years later which is pretty yeah. wild.
3: <laughs> yeah the the, the ongoing uh, cycle of that it, it's remarkable. i, I remember that both of those really vividly you know uh, because i've always said that you know the other love of my life in metal as far as bands go is, is sabbath. we're from the same neck of the woods yeah. and um, we've known each other forever. we're, we're good friends so it was uh, like lot that proverbial kid in the candy store the first time because at least I had a chance to rehearse But that time in Philly I, I didn't have a chance you know I was, Sharon called me up and Ozzy's not feeling very well but, you know, okay I'm really sorry to hear that so could you maybe sometime fill in for him I said yeah you yeah, know I always will so can you do it tonight <laughs> um, this is at like 5 this is like 5 p.m so uh, yeah okay because you don't say no to Sharon you don't say no to Mrs O so uh, um, I said, send me send me a, 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 a video of the show because they record every show. So I, I put the videotape in the back of the lounge on the bus, and from the hotel to the venue, I was just singing along with Ozzy, and then uh, did my gig with Priest. Had a shower, changed my shirt, and went out and did my Sabbath show. It was great. It's so crazy. It was great, it was especially fantastic. like the first. Uh, especially like the first three or four songs where there was a guy directly in front of me and he just kept throwing loogies at me. <laughs> <laughs> Get off. <laughs> Get off. Oh, that's Philly, it's all right. here, there, that's and awesome. everywhere. The monitors and everything. Yeah, uh, by the
1: way, Rob, I've been meaning to apologize for that. I just really want to...
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a, here's my favorite it was thing. you, Ralph.
2: <laughs> I'm from Philly, but this is a testament to how dumb Philly people are. And I, I t- when I tell the story, I always tell this part too. At one point, because everyone was wondering, because like, the couple shows Ozzy had missed that, that tour already I believe and they weren't sure and then before Sabbath came out uh Bill Ward went out on stage and he goes hey everyone he goes and everybody went nuts for Bill Ward And he goes hey he goes I have a letter here from uh <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne and the crowd goes nuts for this letter and I'm looking at people going guys he, he, he would, he's not here if he sent a letter <laughs> and they're like oh yeah I'm like yeah Ozzy re- I, 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 always in has there. me read a letter before he comes <laughs> out on stage that makes <laughs> sense <laughs>
3: Ay, <laughs> aye. aye, aye. Okay, he was so yes. uh, He was uh, when we were doing uh, when, when they were doing sound check at Costa Macer, I was there. I was there all day because I just wanted to be around everything and see what was going on. And uh, while they were doing sound checks, uh, uh, Ozzy was running around on stage and he was throwing stink bombs at Bill. <laughs> you know, while the, while Bill was trying to do his drums and he got this horrible gaseous rotten egg smell. It was him and him and uh, Bill, Bill and Ozzy are notorious for pulling stunts to it for each other. And of course, Ozzy would always drop his pants at some point in the show and give him the brown eye, as he calls it, <laughs> uh, right into Bill's face while he was trying to do a like difficult uh, drum part. A lot, of fun. A lot
2: um, of fun. So the, the story that we must tell you now, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up. I, I want to say this has been, my hands are sweating. <laughs> I, uh, my hands are sweating. I've been assured almost by people who know us both, uh, one of them being Ralph, the other one being a great comedian, Jim Florentine, who I believe you know very well. Um, Jim Florentine says, Rob Halford is going to think this story is funny. And I hope so
1: because. I think he will. I'm sticking with it. Not that uh, I know Rob that well, but Rob, I've probably spoken to you 10 times over the years, maybe more. Yeah. No, no, and no I think I, Rob's going to find it listen, funny.
2: Listen, we've had this interview already and I feel very, I'm like, I, th- I feel good about this. This is good. Uh, first thing I should say is by trade profession, I am a uh, comedian. I'm a stand-up comedian uh, performing in Phoenix, Arizona, November 12th weekend Ooh. Uh, at Stand-Up Live, at Stand-Up Live Comedy Club. Okay. Um, and But uh, yeah, so I'm a stand-up comedian by trade, and we had Sebastian Bach on the show a week ago. Uh, Josh here was also on the show with us. He's a he's a guest uh, today as he was then. He's here for this story retelling for sure. Yes. Um, Sebastian Bach, I a, a, a big fan of Sebastian Bach. I'm a huge fan of metal, and that time all goes in there. I'm 43 years old almost, so Sebastian Bach falls right in my wheelhouse all day long. I'm watching live videos of I Remember You at Wembley Stadium, and just I, I'm drinking it all in. So I'm like, he wouldn't shut is... up about it. he, yeah. lo- he was so excited all day excited and i want you to know even when i tell a story you got a really good friend in sebastian bach i will tell you that that is for sure i can tell you this This is a man who does not like me but he is a good friend of of mr rob half so uh and this is you know it's a crass comedy podcast we do here
1: the show is called sex drugs and rock and roll you know that's the name of the show but
2: sebastian came on and in fairness i'm sure had no idea who i was that's fine didn't have any context of anything. He came on the show. He was already, you could see he was wearing the quarantine on him a bit where it was just like, uh, he's, he's like my kids, uh, school, like, you know, they, they can't go to school and, and rock and roll's done right now. And he was in a pretty, uh, he was a little flustered already. But Ralph uh, knew him enough and started talking to him. And I think from when, a few things here and there, I made him chuckle. I thought, which I was, was pretty good. I mean, oh, it was nice. He's laughing a little bit. And uh, Ralph asked him a question. He's <laughs> Ralph goes, hey, he goes, How, uh, he goes your voice all, all these years staying so amazing. Like, what's the secret to it? And, and he goes, well, it's all warm-up technique. Look at everybody laughing at me. It's all warm-up technique and uh, or technique and warm-up. You know, it's very important. If you don't do the techniques, you're going to lose your voice. If you don't do the warm-ups, you're going to blow your voice. It's, it's not you know, rocket science, man. You just got to do it. And he goes, The only person, this is still Sebastian Bach. He says, The only person I know who says they don't do any warm ups or, uh, or, or technique uh, is the amazing and great, my friend Rob Halford. And that was, I mean, yeah. I'm a comedian waiting in a corner. And I go, Well, Sebastian, I'm so, I hate that I have to say this right now. I go, Well, Sebastian, I go, I go, or Sebastian, maybe it was just something gay he didn't want to tell you, like gargling jizz. And I will tell you. He shut off emotionally at that moment, so hard. He goes, he goes, yo, man, that's my good friend. And then I start immediately backpedaling. This is a dumb joke, and I go, I go, oh, oh, I go, no, 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 he's a genius, Rob. I've paid to see him in concert many many times. I'm a huge fan. He goes, I'm not cool with you saying shit like that, man. And then it's funnier.
3: Then I'm funnier. in In a panic
2: move, in a panic move, I go. Oh well, wait, wait, wait! I go well. You know, there's actually a six degrees of separation between all of us. I go you, and uh, and and Rob Halford and me all have done Josh's show. The gut. I try to throw it immediately to that to get it, to get off subject. Just
3: spin it, yes. Yeah, and he it.
2: goes, uh, and he just goes. He makes a face when we said Josh starts saying about the show. He's like, yeah, he did it with Hal Sparks and whatever. And then we see Sebastian make a weird face, and then he his camera this. goes off.
1: He does this. Now,
2: do this. Yeah, his camera goes off. But what happens is he still. He's still there. He just turned his camera off. He he doesn't know how to get out of the meeting. And we are all, we know what's happening. We're all aware what's happening. And we're going, uh, Sebastian, Hey buddy, Sebastian, your camera's off your camera's off. And then after two minutes, we're just going like, hmm, I wonder what happened. And I go, Sebastian. And he goes, I hear you loud and clear, man. And I went, oh, yeah, you just got to turn the camera button back on. And then he just vanished. And then <laughs> Disconnected. we spent the next half hour of me trying to have Shannon get a hold of his PR person. I'm like, I'll apologize. It's just a dumb joke, man. He was so, like, bummed out and upset. I'm like, oh, I felt like what crushed me about it is not so – I've had plenty of people get angry at jokes and walk out on jokes. It's comedy. You know, it happens. But – it was just, I was so excited. I'm such a fan of Sebastian Bach and yours. that it was like for him to just live in the world now, totally misunderstanding me and just made it like a thing where I'm like, no, 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 dude, it's just, I'm just fucking around. But again, he didn't know I was a comic. I don't think whatever it was, but man, he loves you, Mr. Halford. I got to tell you, that's a good friend because, but I wore that for a week though. Easy of just like, ah, shit.
3: <laughs> like I really, and there's no okay, way to say, make it right to him. Let me say three things, three things. <laughs>
1: one um, go fuck yourself
3: <laughs> no, three, no, three things three things um I, I i did a zoom with sebastian the other day and it was typical sebastian he couldn't get the, the zoom to work and he had, that thing where you, he had that thing where you put your face right up against the camera and you're looking up his nostril and he's screaming at his wife and he's st- screaming at his kids and he's completing it to pandemonium and we're trying to make it connect and it did connect him we had a we had, a great, we had a great conversation because I've known him forever He's he, he is a terrific guy. He's, he's so much fun. Uh, the second thing is, I don't gargle, I swallow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, Damn. and the third thing is, I've always wanted to be roasted. I've always wanted to be roasted at a comic roast. Yeah. So if you guys want to, at some point when this pandemic is over, if you can w- put me in that roast
1: chair I
3: can definitely help you we can help that I would love that I would Rob, I'll that.
1: work I'll work with Chip on it we'll set it up because I know we could we could definitely make that something
3: special we, yeah, maybe we could that do that the down. first zoom roast ever I don't know you know <laughs> <That> <laughs> might and be, if you'd I'd like feel. to do it all if
2: you're if you're still in Phoenix in November if you're out there I'd love to have you as a guest to one of the shows if you want to come all watch a stand up show let's,
3: let's let's stay in touch yeah cuz God knows God knows we need to laugh a lot more right now
1: yeah. i never saw jay sweat so much in oh. telling that story and, and also rob after reading the book no no not enough i mean not i don't want to say you and i are friends i don't ever you know, we but we know each other well enough we've talked you know remember i tried to set you up with carson from queer Eye 16 years ago right it didn't, happen, it didn't happen but he was he was coming to the show but we were trying to make that happen you know and and also the the fucking the glory hole story in the book with the Judas Priest fan is one of my favorite things in the book. It's such a great story. You know, I don't want to give away too much about the book, but it's so much worth getting the book for that story alone. It's fucking amazing. I mean, it just was great. And also, there's a couple other things. You know, I loved Firepower so much, and it was interesting to hear the effort that went into Firepower and the thought process behind Firepower on how you wanted to, you know, make another real priest record and how it felt like that. And now I read recently that you already started putting a few tracks down uh, for the new record. Can we talk? I, don't, I know we don't have too much time with you, so I'd like to just hear where that's at right now.
3: Yeah, well, uh, quickly, because uh, you know me, I talk about every aspect. Um, we, we had a great uh, couple of writing sessions early on this year back in the UK, myself and uh, Richie and Glenn. We got so much work done we were still buzzing from the firepower world tour that was just an incredibly well-received record everybody loved it and we took it around the world three times and uh, we got back home just around uh, christmas time took a break and then we went straight in to studio to start writing and so we have a ton of material and uh, the great thing about having a having a record that really pushes itself forward like we have in the Priest catalog, some records push forward a bit more than others like, I don't know, British Steel or Painkiller or Staying Class or Screaming for Vengeance. Um, That puts puts the bar here, you know, firepower bar. So now we're trying to make that next uh, approach and it, it sounds great man it sounds really good we've got more writing sessions to do we should have been on the road right now celebrating our 50th mm-hmm. anniversary but that's gone all tits up with you know what um so slowly but surely we'll uh, we'll we'll make that next priest record but i think the before that uh, point we'll more than likely um if I'm thinking ahead to 2021, we go out in end of May, early June 2021. So we, we, we still potentially could have time to have some more writing sessions and get some mm. more work done. I don't think the record will be out in uh, 21, But, you know, we've never rushed stuff in Priest. Uh, right. We, we, did, we did the rushing in the 80s where we we're literally making a record every year. Yeah, touring world around the world, and then take a, a, a week off, and then make another record, and run off and do another tour. Those days are gone. They were important days because they really solidified the the, the, the you know this incredible fan base that sustained us forever. Um, but there's no rush for this next one, and uh, it'll be great. It'll be a great follow-up to Firepower.
1: Yeah, and also by the way, just a couple of the highlights in the book. I love that you met Superman. That's a great story. Yes. Uh, and Madonna and Lady Gaga, two of your uh, Pop-Tart fan
3: moments. absolutely. Uh, And
1: and the Queen as well. And there's great stories behind all of them. I don't want to give away too much of it. Um, But again, I can't say enough good things about the book. The big picture is right behind you uh, for Confess. I'm holding it right here. Yoink. Um, And we always end the show, Rob, by asking, and although it's funny, you answer most of these questions in the book, but we ask every guest that's ever been on their first experience with sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Meaning the first concert you ever went to, the first drug you ever did, and then uh, the first time you had sex. The
3: first time ever I saw concert, did drugs, had sex.
1: You kind of get into all those in the book, but I do feel that we, you know, we can't not ask you. We've asked everybody since the dawn of the show. And we start with the first concert you ever went to. I never heard of that band. I think it was you said Daisy D or something. I don't know who that is, but um, I know that's the answer, but who were they? Would, how old were you again? And kind of get into that a little bit,
3: please. I think I was barely 16. I snuck into a club to see a band that was huge at the time on the, on the pop scene called Dave D, Dozy, Dave. Bicky. Hang on, Ralph. Dave D, Dozy, Bicky, Mick and Titch. Dave D, Dozy, Bicky, Mick and Titch. It was five guys in the band. Uh-huh. And uh, you can find their music. Uh, everywhere still um they had this great song called bend it okay i'll look it up i wrote down the name i had the name wrong but i'll look it up. i mean talk about innuendo bend it just a little bit (laughs) baby you're liking it went straight to number one um in the uk so that was the first band um i think the first drug i was a late bloomer with the drugs it was probably when i was living with it was probably when I was living with uh, Nick and Denise and Michael. We were all, you know, roommates, housemates at that little place on, um, in West Bromwich, um, the Utrea Estate, And uh, uh, the spliffs were the thing. We call them spliffs, you know, cannabis. So that was my first, first drug. And the sex um, is, um, you know, guys like girls go through that rite of passage of discovering how to, what's the word, Ralph? What into the W, into the W, into the W, yeah. Begins with the word begins with the letter W. When boys learn how to.
1: Oh, you you say it in the book a lot. Wank. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a term I've. I also. I mean, I knew that one. It was easy to figure that one out. But it's not. You ever heard it before? I've heard it, but we don't use it in the states. Is what I'm saying. Nobody says I'm going to go wank it. Yeah, sure they do. I've said wank. I don't know. Not not (laughs) not unless you're doing it in a jokey term.
3: Ralph, you read one book your whole life, and you only know the words. <laughs> yeah, Ralph. Yeah, in the in the jockey term, Ralph always Ralph always laughs when he wanks. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it for me. For me, as a, as a young man, um, I was barely a teen when I was when I was. Uh, I, we talk about that in the book, don't we, yeah. um, Ralph? That that part of finding out that part of your body that does this amazing thing, and then you know get me a pair of boxing gloves it's that kind of uh <laughs> that kind of development in your life yeah.
1: yeah for sure um and so now lastly one other thing i thought was interesting you know you talk about um how you never listened to the two priest records that were recorded without you right but yeah. you did record the fight records in the hopes that they would listen to those correct
3: Oh, did I say that in the book? Because if, yeah. if I said it in the book, then, then that's exactly what I said. <laughs> and and, uh, and the, reason, um, the reason why was, I think, just because I wanted them to um, um, understand uh, part of the need that I had to be able to express myself as a musician, and mm. particularly the, the War of Words album, which was all very much me, me, me. It was very much a kind of a journey to see what I could do uh, by myself as a, as a songwriter, um, but those two Priest records. It's just because it's not just because it's not my voice, because that's that would be a silly thing to say. And Tim is a very good friend of mine. I think it's just that w- w- with connecting with music, particularly with Priest, um, I know my place and I know where I want to be. Right. And so um, there's there's never really been a, a, a sense of drawing to to listening to those records. Having having said that though. Numerous times uh, I've been asked, would I ever do a song from a Jugulator? Would I ever do a song from Demolition? Well, absolutely I would because that, those two albums are just as valid as everything else in the Priest catalog. Right. So who knows, that day may, may it come.
1: All right, so um, again, mm-hmm. the book which is out now is called Confess. Uh, Rob, as always, you're just a fucking great dude. You know, always uh, a really cool guy. Let's go around and do plugs. Do you want to plug anything specific besides the book, Rob?
3: Um... i don't think i do no there's no, there's nothing that leaps leaps in my mind because it's it's you know like a lot of us uh, with all this crap that's going on um uh i'm going from one experience to the next but the 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 book is everything for me right now i'm I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to talk to you guys about it and i hope that everybody that's getting the book and the audio or finding some substance and and entertainment and fun uh, uh, from it um i'm just ready to go back on the road man i'm just like dying here i miss my fans so much i just want to get back out there
1: have you thought about doing any of those virtual concerts like a you know like something on zoom or or one of those couldn't do it couldn't do it doesn't work for me yeah i get it Uh, all right jay your plugs
2: uh, I'm on the road a bunch now. It's starting to happen, it seems, until it all gets shut down again. <laughs> uh, BigJComedy.com. I said I have Phoenix coming up. I have uh, me and David Tell doing one of those drive-in shows, uh, October 17th, October 18th. Uh, we're going to be getting the pay-per-view information up for the Legion of Skanks live table read happening. That's going to be a, a lot of fun. Uh, something we're doing there. I got Philadelphia coming up again, the 21st. Two shows and uh, Denver, Colorado, at the Comedy Works. Cool. Uh, South location, I'll be there. Me and Josh, actually. Josh is going to be with me uh, in Denver at the Comedy Works October Halloween weekend, 29th oh, cool. through the 31st. So No, uh, no uh, costume. I don't think it's allowed. There, it? yeah. Until then check out uh, – Oh, and my hour special on Comedy Central is available for free for another week or so, I believe, on YouTube. So check that out. You can watch
1: YouTube, it, Rob, and see what this jackass's comedy is all about. Sure.
3: Oh, t- totally. Oh, I- I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. Josh Rickley, check, strictly check your out my Netflix knows. special. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Um.
0: Well, first of all, Rob, I-, I love you, dude. I wasn't even. I'm not even a regular on the show. I just came to hear Jay tell that story to you. The greatest day of my life. Um, I'll be taking Rob Halford's vocal warm up class uh, starting next month. Uh, no, the goddamn comedy jam, the show that Jay and Rob have both done. We are taking it virtually at this studio called the In Crowd, October fifteenth. I couldn't be more excited about it. Just to be able to jam with my friends and and reach. You know, twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 people. I have Jim Jeffries on it, Jamie Kennedy, Steve Burns, Scholar Brothers, and many more. It's going to be great. You can get tickets at the500podcast.com. Also, uh, check out my podcast, The 500, where I'm going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums. And well, by you can the way, find it all at this, 500podcast.com.
1: We should call this episode uh, Rob Halford's warm-up. Vocal uh, <laughs> <laughs> warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> lastly, Shannon, your plugs, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, listen to my show... Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. That's Go okay.
2: I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, listen to my show. The thing is, dang, we talk about bad dates, fighting, and ghosts. And follow me on Instagram at shannonlee6982.
1: Uh, just follow me everywhere at I am Ralph Sutton. Rob, we end the show every week with um, a song of the week, which we had at thestrshow.com/slash/playlist. Why don't you pick? I was going to say your least favorite Judas Priest song, but what about a, something off of Firepower that you love? I think that would make more sense.
3: Well, right? I tell you what, I'm going to defer that. I'm going to defer that because, um, as we know, we're all dealing with this loss of a great, great guitar player right now, um, my, my, my friend Eddie Van Halen. So I think it would be great for, for all of us to listen to one of the greatest guitar players ever and, uh, and start to jump uh, with Eddie Van Halen from Van Halen. This is Jump. That's
1: great. Rob, thank you so much, man. You're just an awesome dude. And uh I will talk with Chip about trying to set up that roast. I think that'd be really cool. That'd be great. Yeah, Can't I wait. I'm, uh, I'm, gonna, easy, I'm,
3: I'm going to make I'm gonna call my t shirt guy now and have him make the I don't gargle I swallow <laughs> 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 at the Rob Halford dot shop, Rob dot com shop.
1: <laughs> I love it so much, buddy. All right, See you thank guys. You so much, Rob. Thank,
3: thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, See Rob. you later. Bye-bye.